1: Good
2: afternoon my conscious co-creators. Welcome to another edition of the Conscious Consultant Hour Awakening Humanity, the first edition for the year 2016. Thank you all my loyal listeners for staying with us. Uh, it's been a couple of weeks, you know, we took a little break for, uh, the holidays as we do every year. And this is, you know, a good example for you to follow. Uh, you know, it's, it's great to give our all to work hard, to really, uh, Push ourselves to contribute and create great things for people, but it 's also important for us to take a break it 's also important for us to rest to have a vacation to you know just be able to sit home and relax and and, and, and feel good and and rejuvenate ourselves so um, I hope you all had a good holiday season. I hope you all enjoyed your new year's ringing in the new year uh, I had a wonderful time ringing in the new year myself. And uh, we've got lots of changes, lots of things going on here at Talking Alternative. I know for those of you who were expecting to hear Montgomery Taylor, unfortunately he is taking a bit of a break and uh, will not be heard on Talking Alternative uh, now uh, until he comes back. If he comes back, we will see. Um, I, I always hold out hope in the possibility. So I've moved my show up. Normally you hear my show at 1 p.m. Eastern time on Mondays. I've moved up to 12 p.m. because I'm making room. There will be a couple of new shows starting on January 18th at at 1 o'clock and 2 o'clock. Um, so yes, uh, things are shifting and changing here at Talking Alternative. Um, I hope, uh, you will enjoy these changes. So let's get started, uh, with, of course, I know you've waited an entire year almost for our quotes of the day from the universe and from Abraham. Let's see how we're going to start off this year. Let's start off first with Mike Dooley and the universe. This is just your friendly annual reminder that things change so very, very fast. Oh, boy, do they ever. Passport up to date? Shock card? Bank deposit slips in your possession at all times? You're going to love this year. The universe. Ooh, so the universe telling us we're going to have a great year and that uh, we should be prepared for great things to happen. I'm always prepared. I'm waiting. I got bank. I got my ATM card with me. Anytime anyone wants to give me cash checks, I can deposit them right away. <laughs> All right, let's see what Abraham has in store for us today. From Abraham. If you would simply reach for the thought that feels better, Reach for the thought that feels better. Everything would come into alignment for you. You can't pull your desires back because as soon as you do, contrast is going to produce another one. Your desires are romping. And the more you deal with your resistance, the faster your desires will go. And the faster your desires go without resistance, the better you feel. Abraham interesting quote to start off the year with, all about, I mean, really leaning in the direction, reaching for those better feeling thoughts. And, you know, this often gets confused by a lot of people that like, oh, all I have to do is think positive, happy thoughts and like everything will manifest. No, that's not all you have to do. However, it is sort of the first step. It's the basics. It's the fundamentals. It's where we start. We start with leaning in the direction of what feels better. And what feels better, depending on where you are, can be widely different. I mean, if we're in a really crappy place, what feels better is just something that feels like relief. It just feels like a Oh, you know, just just like dropping a little bit of that burden, dropping a little bit of that sadness, that anger, that that depression, that that that, uh, you know, that confusion. Whereas if we're in a better feeling place, what makes us feel better is maybe more something excitement, more passionate, something that really gets our juices flowing, gets our engines revving. So it's about reaching for or leaning in the direction of the better feeling thought. Now, what Abraham says here is you can't pull your desires back. And that's something that's very important to realize that, you know, once we, as as Abraham says, launch a rocket of desire, once we have something inside of us that summons up something greater, a desire for something better in our life, whether it's, more engaging work. Maybe it's a better relationship. Maybe it's more community in our life. Maybe it's just taking some of the, the things we've learned in the past and figuring out how to apply it to our daily lives better. You know, whatever that desire is, once you have that desire, you really can't squelch it. You can't ignore it. I mean, you can, But it's not going to disappear. As Abraham says, the contrast is going to show up. And what is contrast? Contrast is that universe getting in your face, reminding you that, hey, remember, you kind of felt like you wanted something better in this area. Here's just a reminder that you really do want that. You know, so if you... Have this feeling of oh I want to you know I want to have a healthier body I want to have more energy more vitality, but then you say yeah I'll exercise tomorrow I'll do something about it later, you know the universe is going to throw something up to make you feel like oh I'm like I'm so sluggish I have no energy like oh yeah that's right I meant I said I was going to go to the gym that's one of my New Year's resolutions right I'm going to start going to the gym exercising more. That desire is not going to go away. The universe is going to bring you more experiences to keep reminding you how much you wanted that. Because once you have that desire, it's not going to disappear. Now, it may shift and change. It may not stay exactly the same. Of course, as we evolve as human beings, the desires we have as as adults are not the same desires we had as little children. And the desires we have in the wintertime are not necessarily the same desires we had in the summertime. That's not what we're saying. But what we're saying is that that desire is either going to be fulfilled or transformed. And transformed does not mean you've ignored it. It's mean actually you've dealt with it. Now, again, the key thing is what's gonna make help those desires to manifest as quickly as possible. Is dealing with your resistance in what way are you resisting what it is that you're desiring because we all are we absolutely all are resisting the very things we're desiring in some fashion in some way because if we weren't they would already be here how do you know you're resisting something Has it manifested for you yet? Now, yes, there's a buffer of time. It doesn't manifest instantaneously, but in a reasonable amount of time. I mean, if it's something that reasonably could manifest for you within a week, let's say, or a month, and it hasn't, and it's taking twice as long as you thought it would take, or three times as long, or four times as long, then there is some resistance. Then our job is to figure out what that resistance is, And what do we need to do to get past it? What do we need to do to lean more in the direction that the desire is so overwhelming that it completely overpowers the resistance? And then it flows. And then it comes to us. And then we feel better. And that's what it's all about. Please, please, please don't forget... The law of attraction is not about getting a bigger car and a bigger house and nice clothes and all that other bling-bling stuff. That's not what it's about. Those things are merely excuses to help us to feel better. And that's what it's all about. And when we become so in alignment with those things that just thinking about them makes us feel better without even actually having them, That's when we've made it. That's when they will show up without a second thought. And that's ultimately where we want to be, is in that place where we feel so good that we don't even have to have the things. That just our imagination, just aligning up our energy with them, brings them to us. So two wonderful quotes of the day to start off our year with from the universe and from Abraham. I hope you've enjoyed them. And of course, we'll have two more quotes for you next week. And now it is my pleasure to introduce our guest uh, for this hour, Ayelet Barron. Ayelet has lived and worked all over the world. She has been in the corporate world, both as an executive and an entrepreneur, Her background is in politics and theater helped her develop and navigate these often divergent worlds. She shares her wisdom by writing and speaking professionally. Her last role for over a decade was at Cisco Systems as the chief strategy and innovation officer for Cisco Canada, where she helped propel the Canadian division of Cisco from the sixth to the second largest revenue generating country for Cisco. More recently, she was an innovator, innovator in residence at Roche Genentech, um, where she introduced new ways of working. Um, her new book, Our Journey to Business Common Sense, which is currently crowdfunding, um, is a journey of possibilities for the 21st century leader who wants to create a new path for business as a force for good in the world. And it is my pleasure to welcome Ayelet to the, to the Conscious Consultant Hour. Welcome, Ayelet.
3: Thanks, Sam. It's great, to, it's great to be here.
2: Wonderful. Thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule and getting up, well, I guess not that early in the morning, but early in <laughs> the morning from for, for the, the left coast, as we like to say here in New York.
3: Yes, it's uh, raining here on the left coast. Um, Hopefully our drought is over.
2: (laughs) Oh, good. Yes, you guys definitely need some rain out there. Um, So Ayelet, tell me, uh, I'm just curious, how does one get to be an innovation officer?
3: (laughs) (laughs) Um, You have a track record at a company. I was at Cisco for um, over a decade and worked in a lot of different areas, um, doing strategy. I actually started working um, for the CIO at Cisco in IT, looking at how we move um, to being a business partner, and uh, made a ton of relationships across the company as a result. And my last role, um, before I fired myself from corporate America, was um, the chief innovation officer for Cisco Canada. Um, <laughs> I think I had like like 11 managers in in 11 years, so um, it's about building a lot of relationships and really being able to see where we're headed and how um, we can imagine possibilities. Because if you think about it, Sam, um, a country as small as Canada to be the second largest revenue-generating country, only an imagination can take you there.
2: Mm, Yes, yes. Yeah, I, I like that. You fired yourself from corporate America?
3: I did. How did you I did. do that? I, uh, um, I, um, well, many years ago, I found out that um, I got invited to an event at the Asian Museum here in San Francisco, and I was in town, and um, and it was by United Airlines. And I, I got there, and I kept asking people, why am I here? They had shut down the entire um, museum for this event. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you usually don't treat me this well. Why am I here? And they're like, well... Um, we'll let you know, just go get a drink, and maybe somebody will tell you in the fourth course dinner." I'm like, four-course dinner? What are you talking about? <laughs> so finally, um, I ran into the Cisco account manager, and I said to him, he said, congratulations, happy to have you here, and I'm like, why am I here? He says, congratulations, you're one of the top 100 flyers in the San Francisco Bay Area. And I looked at him, and I said, oh my, I think I need a, a new job. Because <laughs> imagine being with 75 other um, top flyers. We all look exhausted, uh, <laughs> stressed yeah. out. It, it was not a place to be. And then I continued plugging on, um, doing what I thought was the path for success and um i realized that there's more to life than work and i realized that as a woman i broke the glass ceiling but Mm. there is no glass ceiling there's only life Mm. so i picked myself um and that's part of my story
2: great great okay i yell it um it's time for us to take our first commercial break when we come back uh, i want to kind of just give our audience a little bit more of your background because you've you're you're not originally from the United States, and and you've had quite a you've you've lived and worked in in many places around the world, haven't you?
3: Yes, definitely.
2: Yeah, so so you have a very unique kind of global perspective on things. So let let's dig into that a little bit when we come back, and then we'll we'll get on to your your upcoming book. Okay. Great. Wonderful. So, everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. My guest this hour is I Yell at Baron, and we will be right back.
4: Listening to the Talking Alternative Network.
2: Are you on a path of consciousness or spirit? Is personal or spiritual empowerment important to you? And welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We're talking this hour with Ayelet Baron, all about, I guess, uh, business common sense, as we called it. Um, but Ayelet, you're, you're not originally from the United States, are you?
3: No, I, this is my fourth country that I've lived in.
2: Wow, four. Um, and where were you born?
3: I was born in Iran, Iran. Um, while my father oh. worked for the Israeli Airlines
2: oh wow yeah. and and so you've and you said this is the f- fourth country so so you've lived in many different places around the world haven't you
3: yes and um it doesn't even matter where physically i've lived i've worked all over the world mm. i've been really blessed in many ways to see the world and experience the world from different perspectives in every continent around the world and um i think that having the firsthand experience of people from different cultures around the world um, and seeing how much we're connected and how much we have in common has been an amazing journey personally for
2: me yeah yeah I I, I can imagine I mean you know sometimes you go to different places and because some customs are a little bit different and 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 the expression of, of the culture can be different we forget but people really are much more the same than they are different around the world aren't they I mean we all really just want the same things
3: Oh, absolutely. I have a great story for you. Um, I used to get girls um, from around the world um, on video conferencing at, at Cisco Telepresence. Mm-hmm. And it was always amazing to get them, like, you know, one group from, from Kenya, from Nairobi, another group from um, Guatemala, another group from the U.S., another group from Canada. And initially they would start talking, but then they started talking about the same things. And you saw yeah. how much in common they had, and then you saw how much disparity they had. I mean, I'll never forget the girl from Nairobi who went on and asked all the girls around the world saying, hey, do you guys all live in one room like we do here? And (laughs) it prompted like an incredible conversation um, and hopefully life changing for many of the girls who, you know, it was the first time they they actually saw a person. It wasn't a movie. It wasn't a TV show. It wasn't something they read about. They saw an actual person um, with a different story than theirs.
2: Right, right, right yeah and 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 we've really over the years have become a much more global society i mean the fact that that you know these girls from literally around the world were able to connect in, in a way that that was really uh, uh, hopefully something that was very heartfelt for them is something that you know thirty four the years ago w- wasn't even possible
3: what what technology does today is just amazing. I mean, I, I used to come in at 5 a.m. on a Saturday when I wasn't traveling, mm-hmm. and on the other side of the world in Nairobi, there would be 20 to 30 youth from uh, a, the second largest slum in the world um, in Nairobi, um, in Kibera, and I would show them how to use technology and social media to change their lives. And, uh-huh. you know, it's, it's amazing to me what technology can do in, to connect and, and also to be able to listen and not think that we have the answers. But we started a technology center in the slum, and it's all locally owned by the youth, making a difference and changing their own lives. Mm. And to me, that's the exciting part of it.
2: Wow, wow, wow. Uh, have you always worked in technology or have you worked in other industries?
3: Well, I think everything is technology, but mm. <laughs> um, <laughs> spoken
2: like a true technologist.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, to me, it's the value. I don't, I don't. For me, like, I think we spend too much time talking about how technology has ma- made us busy or addicted. I think that's mm. a that's a cop out. Mm-hmm. I think it's about we do anything in life that's valuable, and how do we incorporate it? No, I started. I started as a. I was going to be a um, a professor. And um, I fired myself from the Ph.D. program. (laughs) And there's a theme there.
2: (laughs) I see. You seem to like firing yourself, don't you?
3: Well, I think instead of firing myself, I keep picking myself. I think Ah. that, you know, a lot of the work that I do is about how do we get out of 20th century scarcity mindset where we compete, we have fear, we have this feeling that we're not enough, we don't have enough. Because we live now in the 21st century And we have such abundance of possibilities in front of us. And so in the 20th century, we waited to be picked. We waited for someone else to validate us. If you have a 21st century mindset, what you see is possibility and you have a vast imagination and you could pick yourself. And I Mm -hmm. think that's the big movement that's happening today is people are realizing we have a voice. And we can pick ourselves. Right. So I think I think that's a lot of it. But no, I've not been in tech my entire career. I've been a big part of my career in market research. I used to be a pollster, public oh. opinion pollster for the national uh, newspaper in Canada. So I've been looking at trends for, for many, many years. And then I spent part of the time doing um, a lot of uh, leadership and strategy uh, consulting um, before I joined Cisco. Oh,
2: wow. Wow. Okay. Cool. Cool. So... I mean, you've decided to kind of pick yourself in a big way by writing a book. So mm-hmm. I, I'm curious, what was the impetus? Was there a, a particular aha moment? Was there a particular experience that kind of like said to you, like, you know what? I really got to write a book about this stuff.
3: Well, it's funny. I, I was writing another book and oh. um, I went on a trip that changed my life um, to the Amazon rainforest Um about a year and a half ago. Okay. And um, I decided that if I was gonna make this trip, because I never saw myself going to the rainforest, <laughs> and I got an invitation from a dear friend of mine, and I decided that if I go, I'm gonna leave my fear, my worries, and doubts behind. Mm. And as the little plane took off to go in Puyu to go into the rainforest, I turned around, and I saw my old self waving goodbye, and I knew that mm. this journey is gonna be different. And I, you know, I said to people, I hope I come back. <laughs> and I did. And um, it was then that I really felt that I didn't choose this book. This book chose me to really talk about a new path forward for business as a force of good in the world. Because if you look at it, Sam, you know, business is only 200 years old. It's not that right. old. And yeah. society and business today are fusing together like no other um movement that's happening and we have this real incredible opportunity to pick ourselves and really look at who is the 21st century leader and what force can business be in that world
2: yeah it's very true a lot of people don't realize that um the ideas for for just a quote-unquote corporation was always something that was a very limited venture was set out to do a specific task like you know, fund um, Christopher Columbus to find a new route to India. And then once he found the new route to India and came back, though he didn't really find the new route to India, he found, discovered a new country. Um, like that was it. Then the corporation was dissolved. Like they, the corporations were never meant to be this megalithic, megalithic structures that that were perpetuated past generations and generations and this is a relatively new phenomena in the world
3: absolutely i mean it this is this is what we need to um be aware of is we've gone through three evolutions in business the first one was the industrial area where we had laborers Right. And, you know, the most revolutionary technology back then was the light bulb, right? And nobody blamed the light bulb. And right. the, light blu- the light bulb fundamentally changed our world yeah. between light and dark and Absolutely. working 24-7. And, you know, we didn't get addicted to the light bulb, right? Like the way that right. we're talking about technology today. Right. So that was phase one of it. The second phase is, is what we know as the knowledge era, um, where we respected the experts and the minds and, and the knowledge and the analysis. And where we're shifting right now in the 21st century is the human-to-human um, mm. purpose-and-experience-driven era, mm. where what we value is purpose and hearts and people. And mm. that is the transition for business and the opportunity for business is to shed um, a lot of the expert you know there's there are a lot of people writing um and and talking about the move from the expert to the generalist right now in business Mm -hmm. but it really is about the people that know how to connect people the people that know how to co-create the people who can take ideas and put them together um those are those are the skills and and where we're moving towards and quite frankly people want to wake up in the morning and be happy about what they're creating in the world. I mean, there's another big um, trend that I talk about a lot, actually creating a lot around this, which is life working. So in the 20th century, we had this distinction between our personal self and our professional self. And we were told those people can't meet together. You you had a life and you had work and you somehow <laughs> had to balance it. And that's, a, that's that's just not true. That's a myth. Right. And, you know, now people are talking about integration and blending. What I'm saying in a very bold way, the 21st century is about life, working. And life is in caps, and working is in lowercase. Mm. Let's have a life right. that has meaning right. and find out how work fits into that. Right. That, to me, is the exciting part. Right.
2: Right. Wow. Yeah, So, so these are two kind of very big concepts. I mean, the first one which is n- not in the general public conversation of like how business can be a force for good. Although you do hear it a little bit, but usually mostly in the nonprofit sector and the fact that now we have such things as B Corp, Benefit Corps, and, and you do have, you know, so, uh, social, uh, socially conscious uh, uh, companies now. So that's one big concept. And then this other big concept of sort of life. And work, uh, sort of taking more of an it sounds like an integrative approach, like not looking at them as separate facets, but but they're both part of of just being alive, of just doing what we're doing.
3: Yeah, I mean all we ha- all we have is life,
1: <laughs> right?
3: <laughs> but you know, I mean, it's funny. I went to an event recently, and I put on my on my little badge. Um, my title was janitor. And I was just really curious at who would be interested in talking to me and who wouldn't. Mm. Um, Because I don't want to define myself by what I do in the world. I want to define myself with who I am. And and when I fired myself from from my, my corporate job... I went to see a doctor um, here locally uh, because I wanted to get my health, which has been, which, which took a, a toll on it um, by traveling so much globally. Mm. And one of the first questions she asked me was, do you know who you are? And I said, yes. And she said, who are you? I said, I'm a woman who needs to get healthy. And that question of who are you is not one we talk about. I mean, I want to live in a world where we stop asking kids, what do you want to be when you grow up? Right, what do you want to do when you grow up? I want to ask kids, What do you love? What don't you love? Mm. Um, but not have this obsession of, of like you have to grow up so fast and you have to know what you want to do in the world. Right. I mean, let's right. just have fun and play,
2: yeah, yeah. And, and I see it, I see it with my friends who have kids in school now that there's so much pressure on them to like figure out what do they want where they're going to go to college and all this stuff. It's so much more competitive. I really feel for the kids in school now that they're they're not having a chance to play and be children that they're not really having that chance to have that carefree life that we all need as as youngsters. Um and on that note, let's just, just take another quick break and when we come back I want to talk a little bit more about this idea of uh, of not identifying ourselves with our careers and not identifying ourselves w- with what are we doing to make a living? Cause it's not necessarily who we are as individuals. Is it?
3: Nope. That's no. not
2: wonderful. So everybody, please stay with us. You're listening to the conscious consultant. now, awakening humanity. Of course, if you would like to call in and ask, I or myself, your own question, you can call us in at eight, seven, seven, four, eight, Oh, four, one, two, Oh, we'll be back in just a moment.
4: are listening to the talking alternative network have you ever considered consulting a roadmap when you feel you need help getting to your destination when the normal path seems blocked a little help can come in handy when choosing an alternate route talkingalternative.com
2: Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. Uh, I I, yelled at, I didn't get a chance last segment to ask you, but I'm just curious. So when you when you put down janitor on your badge, did anybody come up and talk to you?
3: Oh, yeah. It was Craig. <laughs>
2: oh, okay. Good. Good. So people must have been curious. I, I'm, I'm curious as to like, you know, said, so you're a janitor? Like, what do you do? And, and I'm wondering what your response was.
3: Well, you know, I mean it's it's funny you add that, Sam, because I got the I got the idea when I was um, when I left I started um, speaking professionally and I remember doing this keynote and I and I said um that I fired myself in corporate America and there were about three hundred or four hundred people there and people started applauding mm. and and it actually made me really sad because I want people to stay in corporate I want I want corporate America to be a great place where people wanna meet their dreams and create what they wanted to create. And so I realized that the conversation that when I would go to networking before, when I was the chief innovation uh, strategy for a big tech company, people would come up to me right away. Mm-hmm. And I started to think about what's the story that I'm going to tell people. And mm-hmm. so when I had janitor and people would come by and I said, you know, they'd be like, what is that about? Yeah. And I said, well, I wanted to see who would come up and have a conversation with me and want to find out who I am and what I'm about versus the title because the title doesn't really mean anything
2: right, right yeah but it's so interesting like you say uh, everybody's looking to leave corporate america you know there is this huge movement towards entrepreneurship to towards so many people are so unhappy with corporate politics corporate structure with feeling like they're not doing many meaningful work working for a corporation they're starting their own businesses and I mean I'm a big encourager of that I I I love entrepreneurship I believe everybody has an entrepreneurial side to them and that you know it is possible for somebody to um, really find their passion and find their love being an entrepreneur but that doesn't mean that you know there aren't people who, who who cannot get extreme benefit and cannot make great changes in the corporate world, right?
3: Absolutely. I think if you have 21st century leaders, and they're very different from the traditional leaders, and in in, in the book, I have stories of 35 plus of these 21st century leaders who are taking risks, who are creating space, who both are mm-hmm. entrepreneurs and work in large companies. It doesn't matter. It's their story of what's possible. Right. And these people really understand the concept of shared purpose. Mm -hmm. They understand the concept of becoming whole again. How do we become whole as people, as organizations, and how do we integrate and bring the team back together so we can co-create and have new ways of being in organizations? And that is, to me, the path forward. Um, It's very simple. (laughs) <laughs> right. but it's but not I know complicated
2: a, a lot of people will say though well you know i'm just this middle manager i'm some cog in a wheel how do i um affect the kind of change you're talking about doesn't that really have to come from the ceo and the c-suite executives you know doesn't it have to come from people like higher up to make that kind of change
3: i would say yes that's the old story Okay. So if you want to work in a command and control company mm-hmm. where that's the story that they have, then you're choosing to spend your life there and you're right. choosing to be a cog in the machine. Right. But at what point as human beings do we give our choice away to other people? And yes, I know we need to make a living and, and we need to put a roof over our head and feed. And, you know, if anybody who listens to your quote out front, we don't need as much stuff. Right. I mean if we had a philosophy of what's your enough? You know, right. do people really understand what our enough is? And the second question to ask is is what I learned in the Amazon rainforest is do we take what we need? Um, I mean I learned that from, from the women in, in, in with the Ashwar tribe that I was with um last August. And and then if you look at it, you could say, Yeah, I'm just a cog in a machine. But is that what you want to be? Is that the story you want? Or do you want to write your own story? Do you want to find a company where you have 21st century leaders who are creating something with shared purpose? Or do you want to go out? I mean, 50% of, of in the U.S., 50% of the, popu- of the working population by 2020 is going to be working for themselves. Um, oh, and some by choice so. and some not by choice. And not everybody's going yeah. to a startup. But right. there's a lot of, of of change and shifts that are happening. The biggest change that's happening today that I'm one of the few futurists that are talking about is the awakening that's happening with people in their 40s, 50s, and 60s saying, I did everything, I ticked the box on everything, now what? I've got the corner office, I've got all this mm-hmm. stuff, but what am I going to do now? And that's right. the story that people aren't talking about um, because everybody is talking about the millennials. And I'm mm-hmm. also saying that in the future, we're not going to retire from a job that we hate. We're yes. going to do different things in the world, but this whole concept of retirement goes in with this command and control. I'm just a, a cog in the machine.
1: Right. right and right. if
3: you choose to life work, if you mm-hmm. choose a life where work is part of it and you pick yourself, you can imagine anything possible in the world yeah. and you would do social good as well.
2: Mm. Yeah. This is, that was one of the main reasons why I really liked Tim Ferriss's book, A Four Hour Work Week. Um, was because he was the first person I saw that kind of put out in a very public way kind of redefining this idea of retirement and where he talked about taking like many retirements and he and his whole point and I loved it was about why wait until we're 65 to take a retirement why not work real hard for three or four or five years and then take a retirement for six months or a year and then get back to work like why do we have to wait until quote unquote the end of our lifetime to take time off to do the things we really love to do why not find a way to do it throughout our life instead of all at one end of our life
3: it's it's, it's funny you say that because that was the book i was writing when i went to the amazon
1: oh really <laughs> and
3: i think it's going to be like the not be the third book but i i just i feel like so strongly right now about business um hmm. you know i have stories of people from the B Corp movement. I don't know if, uh, if you're familiar with the B Corp movement, yes, but I, yes, I, Corps, I have yes. a story of one of the co-founders, uh, Jay Cohn Gilbert. And it's just so inspiring to hear the story of what we're creating with businesses that care about the world and a new certification process. And One of the first interviews I did was with Brian Welsh um, and his story is amazing. Mm. Um, he was the publisher at Ogden Publishing, um and uh, that does me and a couple of other publications and now he runs uh, be the change media for the b Corp movement mm-hmm. and there's so much to learn from his story about you know I asked him about best practices and and Brian's also a rancher and a farmer in Kansas and he says you know I if you look at my ranch and if I wanted to grow different things a quarter mile east or a quarter mile west um, and have different uh, and have a uh, livestock I would have to totally change what I'm doing Because everything in my farm on my earth and my land is different from just a quarter of a mile away. And yet we sometimes think that we could pick up all these things from other companies, from other people, um, and we could just have that life. And and what is available in the 21st century for all of us is the notion that cookie cutters only work when we're baking. They make perfectly, beautifully (laughs) gingerbread men and women, but in life. We have to break the culture of sameness, and we really have to think about what is it that we want. Mm -hmm. You know, do we really want to retire? What do we want to go create? What if we saw ourselves as artists and makers and creators? What kind of life and what kind of work would we be doing in the world then? Mm -hmm. And would we have obesity and depression and all these other diseases that, that we have today?
2: Right, right. Yeah. And and it's really uh, one of the things that I've come to really feel for myself lately. It, it, and this is just not in the corporation, but just like in the general business mindset, you have so many people come up with, you know, my magic formula, the six key steps for marketing success. And, you know, there are all these people selling like their secret sauce and just follow my blueprint and follow my pattern and follow this. And I've just really come to realize, you know what? It may have worked for them, but that doesn't mean it's going to work for anybody else in the world. But so many people are so hungry to like, just tell me the five steps I have to do to be successful and I'll do them. But there's never just five steps that works for everybody. It may work for one person. It may work for a few people, but nothing works for everybody because we're all unique individuals. We're all different and we all have different life experiences and we all have different skills and talents and just because somebody else found tremendous success and distilled it down to some key steps doesn't mean that's going to work for everybody.
3: Um, Sam, you're, you're so spot on on this. I mean, it's, it's, everybody um, is so used to being spoon-fed that, you know, here's the formula, here's, um, here's it. And I, I felt the same thing when I started writing the book. I was like, you know what, when I was in academia... I had to do all these references and show why I'm unique and,
1: mm-hmm.
3: you know, find out my point of view. I mean, I had one, my PhD advisor told me I was walking too many dogs on one leash at some point. <laughs> and I realized um, on the journey of writing this book that all I could do is give people ideas and stories and ask people, what's your story? And mm-hmm. the last expedition, the book is written as a travel. Mm-hmm. there there are no chapters there's just an itinerary and expeditions and oh, legs of the journey and
1: okay. you know
3: the last the last expedition is a call to action and it's about really finding out what everybody's story is cuz everybody has a story mm-hmm. and you can't you can't take a recipe you know when i lived in israel i made this amazing chocolate cake and when i moved to canada um i tried to make the recipe and i could never make it the same because all the ingredients were different Mm. And that's what life is, right? Yeah. I mean, you take the different ingredients and you can't, you, you can want to live somebody else's life, but, but why? Right. That's this amazing thing called yourself, right? <laughs> you know,
1: right. And, and, and,
3: and that's the opportunity. And in business too, like if you could find the people that you resonate with to create that shared purpose in the world, is, this is the most amazing time to be alive because we live in an open and connected world. Right. And you could randomly, through random collisions by not going to the same places and being really present, you can find people uh, that resonate with you in in the in heartbeat. And, and we're not using social media in the way that of possibilities. We're using it in a 20th century scarcity model where we're right. still yelling at each other and not right. having conversations.
2: All right, Absolutely. Absolutely. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Ayelet. All right. Believe it or not, it's time to take our last commercial break of the hour. <laughs> so you always, I always amazed at how quickly the hour goes by when we have such great, interesting guests. So um, let's just take a quick break. And when we come back, let's just talk a, a little bit more about the book and we'll let people know how to get in touch with you. Okay, Ellen? great thank you wonderful everybody please stay tuned you're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour Awakening Humanity and we'll be right back
4: 24 hours a day.
2: welcome back to the conscious consultant hour awakening humanity my guest this hour has been Ayelet baron um author of the new upcoming book our journey to business common sense uh, why business common sense you know uh, who was i think it was mark twain said if 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 sense was so common more people would have it
3: yeah yeah it was Voltaire, oh, Voltaire. Um, but who cares? <laughs> it doesn't really matter. Um, <laughs> he's not going to come back and, and let us know. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I think one of the things that we've lost sight of is our, our common sense when it comes to business. I think we're so busy. You know, you touched on it before. What is success? Success is very personal, yeah. right? I mean, we, yeah. talk, we talk about... You know, team, and, and we spend millions of dollars bringing people together to be a team, and yet all the metrics we have are for individual contribution. Right? Mm-hmm. We set departments against each other. We're not whole. call mm-hmm. you know, one of my favorite things about lots of common sense is we call the people that are that are most important to our business, um, which are customers and people who work with us. We call our customers our external audience, our external mm. stakeholders. Okay. <laughs> and then we create one-way communication plans for our employees. And, and we treat them in ways where we hide information from them. And, you know, now the big thing is transparency. Right. What if we, can you imagine a world where we trusted people? We actually <laughs> hired people. We had shared purpose. And we trusted them to do what they hi- we hired them to do. Right? We spend all this money and time on recruiting the best mm-hmm. talent, right? right? I mean, I've, I've lived it for a long time. And yet once people come on board, we have this thing called onboarding, and then we treat people like like they're cogs. Right. And so we, we've lost common sense, right? And, and yeah. as individuals, we've lost common sense because what's our purpose in life? What do we want to create and make? And why do we hand it over so much because this person... You know, writes our paycheck. You know, we've got it. We've gone addicted to the monthly paycheck as well. Yes. Right? Absolutely. We think that's what we need. Nobody talks about it. Everybody talks about, oh, declutter. You know, we need less stuff. We need other things. But what are the things that, that no longer serve us? So mm-hmm. where do we get common sense back and take control of our business, of our life, and find the place for shared purpose? Mm. Mm-hmm.
2: Beautiful. Beautiful. So, so what would you say is your real intention behind your book? What, what are you really hoping that the, the person who picks up this book and reads it once it's published um, will really get from it?
3: I would love for people to, first of all, see the fusing of society and business mm-hmm. and really look at how do we use business as a force of social good, which means that we don't need to talk about sustainability or the planet or the environment, that we no longer have corporate social responsibility departments, which are not part of how we do business, mm-hmm. right? That we care about the community we live in. We care where the products come from, where they're sourced. There's no harm being done mm-hmm. to the planet, other people, animals, and we do it. It's just kind of core to how we do business. Right. And, and that, you know, we, we let go of this addiction of the shareholder value and the quarterly results, because that's what we're creating. I mean, in, in some senses, if you look at how financially things are run, we, we're, we're no better than a sausage factory. No. We know exactly when the templates are going to come out. We know exactly what the strategic planning process is going to be. We're going to know that, you know, regardless of the most amazing plan we've ever created, for the company, we're going to get sales targets and they're going to be like increased sales by X and we're not going to get the funding we need to to plant and seed all of it. So what I want for the people to who pick it up is, one, is to understand there's a new path forward for business and it's up for us. We can't wait for someone else to change it. And the second part is to pick yourself. To stop, to move from a 20th century mindset of scarcity, fear, and competition. The whole travelogue for the book talks about the fact that there's no need to take our limiting beliefs of fear, scarcity, sameness, and the list goes on, on this journey. You don't even have to put your safety, your seatbelt on or your oxygen mask. You just have to really do a journey within yourself to really find out where you're headed and how you can pick yourself in life. And that's the toughest part, because yeah. we've been told that here's the manual. And there's so many of us out there that are awakening, as you say, (laughs) in this radio show, which I'm really honored to be on because I really believe that's, you know, our, we have shared purpose, Sam, in so many ways and we're connecting and we're finding ourselves and our stories are starting to merge. And I would love my call to action and expedition 12 of the book is simple. It's giddy up, let's go. What's your story? Mm. What mark do you want to make in the world?
2: Mm. Beautiful. Beautiful. And, and I just we don't have that much time left, but I did want to just briefly touch upon the fact that you're actually doing something a little different with this book. You've actually crowd in the process of crowdfunding this book uh, as a, a, a lesson for people, aren't you?
3: Yeah, I can't I can't write or talk or speak or do anything that I don't practice myself. Mm-hmm. And it's been a, it's been a like 2015 was shedding a lot of stuff so I could make space and, and be mm-hmm. true to the book that I'm birthing right now. Mm-hmm. And so one of the women who is in the book, Grace Clapham, who started the Change School in Singapore, um, told me about a new platform called Publishizer um, that is um, a crowdfunding uh, platform for authors. Uh-huh. And um, I am in the middle of crowdfunding the book right now. Um, because I want to co-create the book. I want the people who want to create this new path forward and want to co-create with me to show up, and then I'm also writing it in the book. I'm right now finishing Ah. the uh, ninth expedition around co-creation, which looks at connected networks, communities, and unusual partnerships, and I'm talking about my experience uh, around crowdfunding in that because I want to show people what's possible, and I've learned a million lessons of it, Mm. and probably the book will come out, Um, before the crowdfunding is done, but we will have other mediums to continue the conversation for anybody that's interested. But I'm learning a lot about being bold and putting yourself out there and picking yourself. Uh Like, you could write a lot about it, but when you crowdfund and you say to people, here's who I am, here's the book, here's how you can support me, Mm -hmm. there are people who've come back to me and said, oh my God, this feels like crazy. You're asking for financial support? Mm -hmm. And my response has been, yeah, well, you know, when I was seven years old, I started a lemonade stand in Tel Aviv and, you know, I charged, you know, I can't remember how much for it and people bought their lemonade. That's my business. Right. I'm an author.
2: <laughs> little Lucy. I'm a
3: speaker. You know, you want to buy my services? That's great. Right. But, right. you know, it's it's been a really interesting journey also and I want to encourage other people You know, that's part of like living in the abundance of seeing what's possible. You know, while we went on break, I got an email from a guy I've never met who's trying to revolutionize HR. And he just sent me an email saying, I just supported your book. I'd love to talk. How could I engage? How could we build community? That's what it's about.
2: Wonderful. Wonderful. Beautiful. Beautiful. Okay. In just 30 seconds, tell me what was your biggest surprise so far in writing the book?
3: The people showing up have mm. been amazing. Okay. I mean, I have over 35 stories of, of different people doing different things in the world and how vulnerable people have been in sharing their stories because most books looks at the best practices of the company. Right. What I do is for each person, I, I give them three characteristics of who I think they are. Mm-hmm. And then in brackets, I put also... Work at here, or also co-founder of here, or uh, also CEO here. But I really look at it from the person perspective. And had right. I sat with a plan and designed who was going to be in the book, mm-hmm. it would never be the same way. And even now, like I've had to cut it off mm-hmm. because I need to I need to birth the book. Right. Um, but <laughs> I I'm I'm like at a point where I'm like, oh my God, you have such a great story and a great story and a great story, and we really need to find a platform. And I think podcasting is And radio shows are the next way forward where people Mm -hmm. don't have to wait to get the stories out because that's the best way to connect and build community as well.
2: Wow, Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you for that. Well, Ayelet, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. If if people want to uh, learn more about the book, uh, find out more about you, uh, how can they contact you? How can they find out more?
3: So I live out loud. And it's really easy to find me as long as you know how to spell my name.
2: <laughs> so why one you spell it for everyone? <laughs> that would
3: be the, the key thing. So I have a, a website at com. It's A-Y-E-L-E-T-B-A-R-O-N.com. I'm also okay. very active on Twitter at ilat um, My crowdfunding is on Publishizer.com and it's on the homepage. If you look for our Journey to Business Common Sense, it's running till um, the end of January and um, I'm on every platform. I live out loud, so if you Google me, you'll be able to find me as long as you can spell my name.
2: Wonderful, wonderful. Well, thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule and and coming on the show today. It's been a pleasure having you, and uh, I look forward to uh, the next time we have an opportunity to bump into each other.
3: Great. Thanks, Sam. Thanks for the great work that you're doing in the world. I really, really appreciate it, and it's been a real honor to be in this conversation with you, so thank you.
2: Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And it's been a pleasure playing with you for the past hour as well. (laughs) And everybody... I also want to thank my loyal listeners. Um, We do not have another show following mine right now, but we will in a couple of weeks. So please keep in touch. Sign up for our newsletter on talkradio.nyc so you can know when we have our new shows coming on board. I really want to thank you all for listening. 2016 is going to be a great year for all of us. Thank you, and we will talk to you next week.
4: You are listening to the Talking Alternative Network.
2: Are you suffering from aches and pains? Has traditional medicine let you down? Are you tired of taking toxic medications? Then come to the Double Diamond Wellness Center and learn how our natural methods can help you to heal. Call us now at 212-721-8183. That's 212-721-8183. Or find us on the web at www.doublediamondwellness.com. We look forward to serving you.
3: Hey, all you crazy listeners,
2: looking to boost your business? Why not advertise on Talking Alternative with very reasonable
4: rates? Interested? Simply email at info at talkingalternative.com. Have you ever considered consulting a roadmap when you feel you need help getting to your destination? When the normal path seems blocked, a little help can come in handy when choosing an alternate route. Your natal chart is a map of your potentials.
1: at www.talkingalternative.com now broadcasting 24 hours a day talking
2: alternative are you on a path of consciousness or spirit is personal or spiritual empowerment important to you i am sam lebowitz your conscious consultant and i am here to answer your questions and bring you experts in all areas of life to raise your awareness and support you in your evolution Tune in at my new time, Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern on www.talkradio.nyc. That's Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc.
4: You're listening to The Talking Alternative Network.